Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. All right, what's shaking, Red Nation? This is Jeremy Brenner with another episode of The Dream Take, presented by The Dream Shake, home of all things Houston Rockets on EskyNation.com. And Mike's got the night off. He spent a lot of time on draft week. We're going to get Paolo Banquero. We're going to have such a great, great draft. And only about half of that is true. Uh, so obviously I think when you look at this draft and when we look back on this draft years from now, that's what it will be defined by is the last minute switcheroo and Paulo Banquero going number one to the Orlando magic, leaving Chet Holmgren to go number two to OKC and number three, Jabari Smith coming to our Houston Rockets. And I got to admit, like, that had me shocked and i've i've covered this draft from not just the rocket standpoint but i've also looked at it from the orlando standpoint nobody really could have guessed this except for maybe a couple of busy bees in vegas and jeff welton that's about everyone that knew what was going to happen and that's 
that's what happened. You know, so Jabari Smith is a Houston Rocket. And, you know, thinking about it now, now that we're a few days out from it, it happened on Thursday. This episode's coming out Monday morning. I am excited, obviously. I think that for me, Jabari Smith was my second best player in the class. I did think that Paolo was the best player, so I'm not surprised that he went number one to the Magic. Uh, so clearly someone else was agreeing with me in terms of who the number one pick was going to be. But Jabari Smith is a good, good alternative, good consolation prize. And I don't want to necessarily refer to him as that because it makes it seem like he isn't someone worth getting super excited for. And he is. Uh, the Rockets might have gotten the best prospect in the draft. Uh, so there is a lot to be excited for for Rockets fans. And honestly, thinking about it, Jabari Smith is not quite the same player as Paolo. You know, there's a lot of similarities. They both would have fit into the same part of the lineup had uh, Paolo gotten here. But I think Jabari Smith might be a little bit uh, more of a fit for what the Rockets are currently doing versus what Paolo would have been. I feel like with Paolo, Paolo would have been another creator in the front court. Um, and that might have caused a little bit of an imbalance between Paolo and Jalen Green, Kevin Porter, and who else might be creating for the Rockets. With Jabari Smith, though, um, you know, he's a kind of guy that can kind of let Jalen and Kevin Porter take that, uh, take that creation responsibility, and he can be the one to set up really nicely. And I'm really looking forward because the thing is, you when Jalen Green and Kevin Porter are driving to, into the lane, you have to respect that. Um, and but now you can kick out to Jabari Smith, and Jabari Smith will hit that three. I'm pretty sure he's doing. Uh, you know, he's uh, him and Paolo. I'm curious to know. Um, like, I don't have it off the top of my head, but like what their three point percentage differences were. So Jabari Smith in, in college, I want to pull up his stats here real quick. But Jabari Smith in college, he averaged uh, 17 points a game, shot 42% from three. When you pull up Paolo Boncaro's stats, he averaged something close to that as well. Um, he averaged, you're looking at 17 points per game, shooting 34% from three, but his, his rebounding numbers are a little bit stronger at 7.8 versus Jabari at 7.4. So I guess if you look at it, Jabari Smith did have the better stats. Um, I think that Paolo being just a bigger body is probably what makes him a little bit more enticing to a team like the magic. It's what made him more enticing to me. Um, so I personally think that uh, it worked out best for both teams. Um, and, and not necessarily that if it was the opposite way that it would have been bad. I think that, um, you know, guys are meant to have their guys and that's just kind of how it is. And I think that Paolo will fit in really well with what the Magic are doing. And I think Jabari would have as well. Like this isn't like, this was extremely close. And there's a reason why it took until the absolute last minute for this to actually work out the way it did because it was a very close race, but uh, the race doesn't necessarily end here. The race continues throughout their career. 
and we'll see how it goes. For the Rockets, though, this is a Houston Rockets podcast, so I do want to talk about the Rockets we have in the building. I'm really excited to see what Jabari Smith can bring. I do think that having that chip on his shoulder that he mentioned uh, multiple times in interviews between when he got drafted and now, I do think that that is going to play a role in his career, at least early on. Uh, he, you could definitely tell that he was um, not pleased with not being the number one pick. And that's, that's absolutely like normal, I think, um, especially like for someone that didn't work out for the Rockets because he didn't feel he was going to be lower than second on the draft board. So he was probably just a shot. And for a 19-year-old who has the whole world on his shoulders to be able to, you know, just totally hide those emotions 100% um, is just not, it's just not easy to expect that out of, out of a guy like Jabari Smith. So um, I don't blame, like, I don't look at that as like a negative of, you know, how he like may not have given the most PC answers on draft night. I think it was very normal what he was experiencing. And I think um, anyone that's giving him any flack for it uh, should kind of back off. Um, and I don't think that anyone is, I haven't seen anyone, um, but I do know that some people, you know, like to push buttons and uh, call people out for that. But personally, I don't, I don't see it. I think that Jabari Smith, he starts right away. I really have a hard time seeing who would start ahead of him um, in, in our, in our lineup. He does raise the floor of this team for sure. Um, I don't know exactly if he's going to live up to this number three overall pick, uh, you know, like considering the fact that you look at past number three picks, um, you know, obviously James Harden was the number three pick. Michael Jordan was the number three pick. So he's got a very high bar. Um, but then like for every, I, I'll tell you this, I think he'll be closer to James Harden than he is to Adam Morrison. So like the number three pick doesn't exactly guarantee that you're going to get a surefire dynamo at that pick. But with Jabari Smith, I really do think that given the players that are currently with the Rockets right now, I do think that he will benefit from this system that the Rockets are trying to run a team that loves to just run, 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 go up, go down, go up, go down. And on top of that, a player that can, you know, spot up for three. I think the thing with Auburn this past year, like I would have loved to see him play with a guy like Sharif Cooper, a real good, uh, real good, just playmaker. Um, But Sharif Cooper went a year early or, he was a year before at Auburn um, versus when Javaris. And they didn't really have like a, a Sharif Cooper type of player that could really set up a guy like Jabari Smith. And even with that, Auburn was one of the top 10 teams in the country this year. They had a number two seed. Uh, they were number one for a very long time, I believe, as well. So Jabari Smith just proves to you how much he can raise your floor. I really don't think the Rockets are going to be in the doldrums of the NBA this year because of that. If Jabari can stay healthy, if Jalen takes that next step, if Kevin Porter plays up to his capabilities that we know he can be, I think the Rockets are definitely going to be better than they were a year ago. There's a lot of reason to be 
hyped about the Rockets right now, especially with the draft just happening. Um, and there's more. There's more than just those three that is to be excited about. Um, but I, I really do think that Jabari's role that he played with Auburn is going to be very different than the role that he plays in Houston. I think that he's going to be able to set his teammates up nicely, or his teammates will be able to set him up nicely. And that that's kind of the goal, is to is to really ensure that you can't just go and double Jalen in the in the in the lane or double Kevin Porter in the lane and I think on on defense he'll probably guard um the most uh like the biggest offensive threat on the other team he can guard multiple positions guard guards he can guard forwards he can guard centers I really do like the defensive versatility that he brings I also feel like Jay Sean Tate was like a player that Steven Silas felt he had to start um, because he brought so much defensive. Um, he brought so much on the defensive end, but now I feel like Jabari coming in, he matches. A, he has a little bit more offense to add on top of his defense that he'll be able to bring Tate off the bench and have that same defense come in that second unit. So I really do think that this move with Jabari is going to help not just one or two players. It's going to help everybody. And, and that, that's what you want when you have the number three pick is a player that not only going to bring his own talents, but be able to allow everyone else around him to improve as well. Speaking of the second unit, we got to talk about the other two rookies as well. Um, Tari Eason at 17, a player that I clamored for for a long time. He just has a – he just has, like, a defensive identity. Like, he will be able to transform this team's identity to kind of what you want it to be. I feel like every playoff team that's out there has, like, a, a chip on their shoulder, like a just an anger, like a hunger, an anger, just like a – a dog-like mentality. Tari Eason fits that. And I would like to say that he is more of an offensively-minded Garuba. Um, in terms of defense, he's definitely there. Offense, he, he has a lot more potential than Garuba on the offensive end, which does concern me about Garuba long-term and if he will stay on the roster. Because with Garuba he was meant to play multiple positions as well, similar to kind of what Tari Eason is. I feel like Tari Eason can be kind of like a Kevon Looney, uh, a guy that can, you know, be there for his defense. Like that's his primary attribute, but also can, he can also be a rebounding threat. I feel like he plays a lot bigger than what he is. Uh, let me look up his, uh, let me look up his stats real quick. But with Tari Eason, I just feel like he is similar to Garuba, but he's a little bit bigger. Um, and he, he just has a little bit more of everything that Garuba does. So that is part of the reason why this is a little bit puzzling. But at the same time, with seven first-round picks out of two years, we have to accept the fact that not everybody, not every pick is going to hit. And I feel like out of these seven the player that I feel like is the least likely to hit with the Rockets, at least long-term is Garuba. 
and Eason draft drafting Eason is like kind of I don't want to say it's the nail in the coffin because we haven't seen anything yet, but it it shows that the team will be okay if Gruba doesn't pan out. As long as Eason does, you know, it just you need a player like that on your team. So you're cashing in two lottery tickets for that. And I think that's important um, that you that you add some insurance for an archetype on your team that you absolutely need to win a championship. Every team has a defensive stalwart in the front court that is able to defend multiple positions, play small ball five if they need to, because the Rockets are also gearing towards like that small ball era um, again. And, and that's what we've seen though, um, you know, in, in past teams, we've seen it with uh, Golden State. We've seen it with, even with uh, Boston a little bit, we've seen it with, um, we saw it, primarily with those teams but having multiple guards that can play two sometimes three like point guard shooting guard types on the floor at the same time is important and that I think is part of the reason why the team was okay with taking Ty Ty Washington at number 29. I do think that the team tried to trade up at some point during the draft and just never found a spot for it so that's why they agreed to trade down from 26 they got Ty Ty Washington with incredible value. I know I said uh, in some episodes before about how I wasn't exactly sure if the team should take Ty Ty Washington because you do have Dacian Nix there. So I am a little bit concerned with Ty Ty being able to get those minutes um, if he's battling Dacian Nix for it. Dacian Nix does have the upper hand at this moment in time. Uh, but again, like I said, not every pick that we have had in the last two years is going to hit and not not exactly because they're not talented enough but because there just isn't enough spaces in the rotation for all of them and that's my main concern with Ty Ty Washington is there's really not going to be a lot of playing time but if there is it'll be similar to how Josh Christopher was able to kind of force his way in the rotation last year um if the Rockets are able to find a way to play like three guards at the top with like Kevin Porter Jalen Green and like Josh Christopher, then they can bring Knicks off the bench. They can bring uh, Ty Ty off the bench and they can kind of work those five in while having two to three on the floor at all times. And if they can do that, they can probably split the minutes between those five in those, in those two or three, um, in those two or three spots. But I do wonder how Ty Ty is going to be able to fit into this rotation. I believe the Dacian Knicks will get a chance, but this also shows to Dacian Knicks that he has to have a good year this year if he's going to stay in Houston because Ty Ty is right there. And I, I know he's going to push him for minutes. I really do. Um, he just seems like a guy that's, um, that is, he reminds me a lot of Josh Christopher. He just does. Um, him and Josh Christopher both have similar, uh, you know, stories to get to the NBA. You know, they were top 15 recruits in their class, um, and then they kind of worked their way up. And, you know, Sean's saying Ty Ty can develop at RGV, and I do believe that that's probably the plan for him, but that's what we were saying about Josh Christopher a year ago, and look at what happened with that. Now, it's going to be a little bit more difficult because 
you know, Ty Ty doesn't like Ty Ty has more obstacles to get playing time, but I do think that um, the G League is probably where he's going to be this year. But I feel like he's going to, if he goes to the G League, he'll kind of prove, like Dacian Nix did, that he's too good for the G League. So it's it, it's a balancing act, and it's a good problem for the Rockets to have. That is like kind of the main thing to take away from this is that there are problems with the Rockets right now, but these are really good problems to have. Who to play versus can we get one guy to play X position? Uh, can we get some guy to score? Can we get some guy to rebound? Can we get some guy to assist? The Rockets have all of that right now, and they have to find out who that is going to be going into the season. And there's a lot of time before that. I believe the season starts, what, mid-October. It's, uh, you know, we're at three and a half months to figure this out. Um, and it's it all starts with the G League. Or no, not, not the G League, excuse me, Summer League next week. Uh, I'd imagine all three of the draft picks are playing in Summer League. That should be exciting to watch. Um, I remember just the excitement of Summer League a year ago. That was That was a lot of fun. So I'm really excited about this. I'd imagine that we get all three of the draft picks in Summer League. Dacian Nix will probably play Summer League. Uh, they got um, Trevor Hudgens, a D2 prospect on a two-way deal. He'll be at Summer League. Um, you know, they, they'll have plenty of guys. If they can get Garuba to get to Summer League, I, I'd like to see that, uh, just because I feel like he could truly benefit from it. Um, and it'll be nice to see uh, him kind of side-by-side with Tari and see – how they can operate together because if there is a chance for them to be able to play together then I really do think our defense in the front court is going to be kind of filthy you can find a way to get like Tari Jabari Usman Garuba in the lineups that's a very stout defensive front court that teams are going to have to deal with um so I'd like to see a scenario where that could happen um and honestly, like, I don't think Shingun needs a uh, summer league. I don't think he's going to play. Uh, Jalen Green definitely doesn't need summer league. Neither does Josh Christopher, to be honest. Um, but yeah, Dacian Nix, that, that should be the starting five, honestly. It should be Dacian Nix, Ty Ty, uh, J- Tari, Jabari, and Usman Garuba. And just kind of see where those guys act. Because, you know, what's interesting is like most teams in summer league, they really only have like one or like one or two players that might play in their rotation. But for the Rockets, like that's a starting like that five could be like a lineup that we see at some point during the season. So it, it really is like a preview for what's to come. And it isn't just like a oh, who's gonna who's just auditioning for another team uh, and just happens to wear a Rockets jersey. Um, so It'll be interesting to see how these players look at in summer league. There's nobody else that, that really wants, like that really stands out to me. Maybe Trevlin queen, if he comes. Uh, but then again, like I just don't see a world where Trevlin queen, even though he, he dominated in the summer league last year, uh, even though he dominated summer league or not summer league, but the G league helped win the Vipers a title with Jason Nix. I just, I, I imagine he'll be at Summer League in some capacity. Um, whether that's with the Rockets or not, I'm not sure. I think the Rockets would have the first chance because I think he's still on a two-way. I'm not 100% sure on that, but um, we will know in the coming days. 
Um, and yeah, I think that that's really all that I have for Summer League. Um, let me look and see if some, there are some questions over in the comment section here on Spotify Live. Um, yeah, um, we get Sean says, Magic really need a playmaker. Both Boncaro and Jabari have the best chance to realize their potential when they got drafted. I agree with that. Um, who's coaching Summer League? Not quite sure, but Vinny says uh, Mahmoud Abdelfeta. I'd imagine he's a candidate if he isn't going to. Uh, I know there's been talks about him possibly transitioning from the G League to Silas' staff in Houston. I know a lot of people would be excited about that um, because he is, uh, you know, he did win a championship in the G League, and a lot of the a lot of the guys on the roster have, you know, been in the G League. So having a having a real solid player development mind up in Houston full time would be a tremendous treat. I'm not sure if he is going to coach summer league, but I'd imagine we get those details sometime with sometime this week, um, along with the full roster. Um, I'm, I'm imagining it'll be like kind of rounded out with a bunch of guys like your Anthony lambs and your, your traveling Queens, all that. But, um, nonetheless, very exciting time to be a Rockets fan and probably the right time to park the rocket ship for now. Thank you guys so much for tuning in throughout our draft coverage. We had incredible turnouts on draft night. Um, and we just want to thank each and every one of you who continues to listen and support us here at the dream take. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at the dream take and at dream chick SDN. You can also head to our Facebook page. Give us a like over there and head to our website, thedreamshake.com, home of all things, Houston Rockets at SBNation.com. If you'd like to follow my personal Twitter, you can do so at Jeremy Brenner. That's J E R E M Y B R E. NER. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of the Dream Take. And until next time, go Rockets! Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. 
New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.